Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Pastor Sarah Olson-Smith. 
I am so grateful to be with you on this podcast today. I'm going to talk a lot about singing today, about the gift of singing, especially in community. Now, I know that you might be walking or driving or doing the dishes as you are listening to this podcast, but I hope that as you listen, as the song comes on that follows the sermon, that as you listen, you might just sing your heart out along with the music. Singing is this beautiful way that we get to be together, and you can take part in that joy from wherever you are. And perhaps after this podcast is done, you can go and find some of your favorite old hymns or worship songs that really move you, and take some time to listen and to sing, and to remember the faith that those songs planted in you, the people with whom you sang them, and the God who blesses this world through musicians and music and songs. All of this comes because of a hymn that is part of Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 2. As Paul writes about living a Christian life with humility and self-giving, he puts into his letter what are the oldest words of the New Testament, what have become known as the Christ hymn. This hymn that was sung by the first followers of Jesus, this old and ancient song of praise. Here are Paul's words with that hymn right in the middle from Philippians chapter 2. If then there is any comfort in Christ, any consolation from love, any partnership in the Spirit, any tender affection and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him even more highly and gave him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work on your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That is the word from Philippians chapter 2. And here is my meditation on those words from Paul. I have a good friend who is a singer and a songwriter. His name is James. And James does a lot of the usual musician things. He plays gigs and goes on tour. He writes songs and records them. But one of his favorite things to do, in fact, some of his bread and butter, the way he does most of his time, spends most of his time, is by spending time making music in classrooms and in nursing homes with the youngest and the oldest of us. 
he has this incredible ability to pick up his guitar and start singing, and the most distracted and fidgety of six-year-olds is drawn right in, and the most withdrawn and lonely of nursing home residents is drawn out of themselves. James tells these stories that aren't at all unique to me or to him about how music is able to bring people out of themselves. James especially loves to go and sing in nursing homes. He tells about people who can't remember much anymore, but somehow they remember the lyrics to songs from their childhood, especially old hymns. He'll sing, great is thy faithfulness, or it is well with my soul, or come thou fount of every blessing. And somehow, in the mystery of how our brain works, people who have forgotten almost everything sing along, somehow, sometimes even in parts. I've experienced this too, maybe you have, of how somehow lyrics to hymns or songs are stored in some particular vault of our brain that is easily unlocked and accessible. And it's not just church songs, those come too, but maybe you found this too, that you might not be able to remember any, anything much about your eighth grade class, your teachers or what you learned, but maybe you remember every lyric to the songs that were most popular at that time in your life. I, for one, can sing to you every line of the theme song to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> There's just something powerful about learning through songs. Maybe none of us may have learned our alphabet if it were not that little tune that we get from Mozart that taught us the ABCs. Last week I was in the car with in the carpool car with my daughter and two other kids. All of us had gone to different schools, me decades and states away, and yet we sang 50 nifty United States all together. Yes, you know this, ninth graders? No? Oh gosh, we'll sing it, don't worry. <laughs> A way to remember in alphabetical order all 50 nifty of the United States. I think the remembering the gift of singing songs, teachers, you know this, the gift of remembering happens not just because of the repetition, but because of the way songs are embodied in our breath and in our muscles, and they're woven, too, with our emotions. I'm talking about music and memory and songs because in that reading we just heard from Philippians, Paul quotes from a hymn what has become known as the Christ hymn. In this teaching to his friends in Philippi about how to live in community, Jesus plops, or Paul plops the lyrics to this old hymn right in the middle of these words. Those words that began, who Jesus, because he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness. Those words, which don't sound like lyrics to us, are actually words to an old hymn. If we, were in the first, if we were Christians in the first century, you would have heard those words, and it would have been like hearing amazing grace or praise God from whom all blessings flow. Those words of the Christ hymn are some of the oldest words in the Old Test New Testament, older than any of the Gospels or those letters that Paul wrote or any of them. These were songs that early, it was a song that early Christians sang together when they came together around tables and in house churches to worship. 
singing together of Christ emptying himself for our sake and for this world. It was likely one of their top 10 favorites. Paul knew that he'd not only get their attention when he puts this song into his letter, but that he'd connect with their memories, with their feelings, with their deep faith, because that's what songs do for us. There's a lot that happens when you come into the sanctuary on a Sunday morning. God works in us in lots of ways, through the people we're with and the conversations we have around donuts and these sermons we hear, in bread and wine. And in these songs that we sing together, God teaches us through these songs, forms us into community, creates faith in us. I remember being a kid and being at my grandpa's little country church in southern Nebraska. My grandmother played the organ, and we'd have to sit near the front. And I remember standing on the pew next to my grandpa. My grandmother, if she were close by, would never have allowed it. But I was standing next to my grandpa so that I was sort of cheek to cheek. His arm was around me holding the hymnal so we could sing together. And my grandpa, Frank, could not carry a tune. But the man sang full on, sang his heart out whenever he sang those, those songs, his faith living out in his voice. Still today, I think about both of them when I sing, because as I sang with him, it wasn't just those words we heard, but I could hear and see and even feel in his breathing, his faith that was so strong and so alive. And that faith was passed to me, and now as I sing, even if they're different songs, that faith that we sang together is a part of me still, now. I can access it through my singing. As we sing, our faith sort of seeps into our bodies and our muscles. We sing together these words that might be familiar or they might be brand new, but our voice is never a solo. Even if our voice falters with grief or with heartbreak or worry, there are others who are singing around us, holding us up. Or if we doubt, others sing on our behalf. Our singular faith is sort of scaffolded by the faith of others. Now, don't tell those preachers, but singing, I think, might be my favorite part of worship. When we sing, when we sing together, I feel in my body, in my breath, that I'm not alone that I'm part of something so much bigger than myself. I feel in my body, in my breath, that we're together, that each one of us is no longer isolated, but we're pulled into this great big we, a we that includes all of us and believers of all time in so many ways. We're held together. When Paul wrote that letter to the Philippians, he was writing about how to live in community, to put aside our selfishness and our conflict and our competitiveness, but to live with humility, to put others before ourselves. He wrote, be of the same mind, with the same spirit, having the same love, being in full accord with one mind. And then he talks about this hymn, which every one of the people in the church would have known. This hymn is about humility, about Jesus choosing to empty himself, to become a servant, to become human for our sake and for all this world. It's this moment of where we see what it means to be full of love, 
Jesus not only gave himself to save us, to be an example, but to be an example for us about how to live, about how to be. In order to be in community, humility is central. And there's so much joy and connection when we live this cross-shaped life of self-giving, no longer just me, but us. And I wonder if Paul might have put this hymn here, not just because the words were perfect and telling about Jesus and this life of humility and self-giving, but because it's impossible to be selfish or narcissistic or turned inward when we're singing together. Singing is one time when we live out what it means to be of the same mind, having the same love, being in one accord with the same spirit. That word spirit, by the way, is the same as the word breath in Greek in the first language this was written in, breath and spirit, one word. And when we sing, we literally breathe as one. We inhale together and then we exhale words and music together, the same words moving in our muscles and breath. The act of singing together shapes us into community. Even if you, like my grandpa, can't carry a tune, still we sing together. This gift, this gift of us, of singing, teaches us about community, about putting ourselves second, about letting others go first. We don't get to pick the key or the tempo. Someone else picks the tune. The music we sing at worship is not necessarily our playlist that has been computer-generated exactly for you and for your taste. It's the beauty of it. Because it might not be our favorite today, but it's someone's favorite we sing, and next time it might be yours. But we take turns and we sing together, and it's this practice of humility, of submitting to something other than ourselves, of not having to be in charge or the center of everything. We're just part of this great big choir singing together. And this is the gift we receive when we worship, is that we get to practice humility And practicing it in our singing means that we can go out and live it in the rest of our lives. Week after week, we practice this cross-shaped life of mutuality and humility, having the same heart, looking not to our own interests, but to the interest of others, with the same spirit, the same breath. Soak in these words that can teach us about following Jesus but even more than these words that teach us, soak in the sound of the people singing around you, of your own voice, and the amazing gift of what it means to sing together in community. Because in our singing, we are practicing being at one with one another, with God and with this world. As we sing, we practice this truth that we're not alone, but we're breathing together, following Jesus into this cross-shaped life of community and humility. Amen. Just
Now we turn to God, praying the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now hear these words as a blessing to you. I pray that these words you heard today and the songs that you sing will soak into your bones and stick to your heart so you can live a life where we practice humility and self-giving, and that through you, this world might know the goodness and the mercy of God. And may God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you today and always. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.